Hello and welcome to the second series of Beyond the Balance Sheet, a podcast brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning. We're here to lift the lid on the world of financial advice, providing insight for those already in the industry and anyone thinking of a new career. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones. Join me in this second series as we address common misconceptions head-on, gather advice from both practicing advisors and external experts, speak with those who have overcome hurdles, and hear people's inspiring stories, people from all walks of life. In today's episode, we're focusing on taking that leap to starting your own bespoke business in financial planning and how you can be supported in doing so. To discuss this with me, I have John Kerr, who's Recruitment and Establishment Director at Quilter Financial Planning, and Sam Bedlow, Director at Amplify Wealth. John and Sam, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Hannah. Good morning. Good morning, Hannah. Great to have you both with me. So we're talking, as I said today, about setting up your own financial advice business from an employed background. And Sam, you did uh, just that. You were a, a banking employee beforehand and now have your own uh, enterprise. So how and why did you first take that plunge? Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, what makes people uh, go and, and take the leap you know, from that employed background? So um we were running a pretty successful uh, media entertainment focus uh, financial advisory practice in the in the high net worth space. And um, I guess there are sort of a few key drivers as to why we left, why we started Amplify. Um, you know, predominantly, you know, the desire to, you know, sort of take what was effectively a franchise um, and build it out as our own business with all of the, uh, you know, control that comes with that. So, you know, example, wanted to provide you know, a more tailored service to clients, but a more personalized service. Um, very keen to be able to have autonomy and being able to choose our own clients. Um, you know, I think it's probably not too controversial to say that maybe corporates can be a little bit short-sighted about that. You know, and obviously they've got their criteria and minimums in terms of what clients that um, you could look to deal with. And very much within the media entertainment world, you know, yes, you know, obviously, naturally, you want to look after you know, the most successful, the established, those those high net worth clients. But there's some fantastic clients out there who maybe don't have an immediate need or actually needs, uh, you know, probably on the on the smaller uh, end of the spectrum. And um, it's very important when you're running a relationship business to be able to have the flexibility to, um, you know, to decide to take on clients, you know, kind of you know, up and up and down that scale, maybe in terms of uh, in terms of size. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, I mean, you know, simply obviously leaving leaving one institution, obviously you're not tied to that that single institution anymore. Um, you know, you go to court of financial planning, and and really the sort of breadth of proposition for us was of was a you know real appeal because obviously the bank you know lends money at a certain rate it has its own investment proposition and you know now that you know from a lending perspective obviously we're you know we're whole of market um and then on the investment side um you know we've we've got a far uh, broader proposition than we had before and then lastly i mean maybe i should have started with this because it's the uh you know it's the, the selfish angle but you know, naturally, if you're running your own business, um, then, you know, then then you've got the, you know, the financial benefit. If you're working for an institution, you're always going to be giving away the lion's share of your income to the institution, you know, the management layers that, that sit above you um, and obviously the shareholders of the business. And then you flip that on its head when when you're the shareholder. Um, and so then you get to enjoy, you know, really sort of the fruit of your labor. 
Mm, yeah, so some really good points there. Uh, autonomy, flexibility, the, the the salary, of course, that, that comes with being your own boss. I mean, John, from your perspective as a sort of recruitment director within Quilter, what are the other sort of biggest appeals or the motivations that you're seeing of people wanting to set up on their own? Well, I just want to say, I mean, it, it goes without saying, and, and Sam would have been back in the day when he was kind of, you know, I, I in fact, I remember I originally spoke to Sam a couple of years ago where, you know, we had the conversation around building a business you know, for the first time does and can seem very daunting. And I think it's, you know, key to kind of get the message out there that says, you know, if you've got that sort of desire to do it, whilst it is daunting, because you've been in an employed background for, for a number of years as an experienced individual with the salary and the benefits that go with it, it's finding the right business partner that they can give you the kind of expertise and the resources and infrastructure, uh, ensuring you build the business on the strongest foundations. Now, having been in recruitment, in financial services for over 20 years. I've had personal experience of, uh, you know, circa 100 individuals, employees um, that, that have launched the business successfully. And, you know, for me, it's it's been able to sort of capture that success, seeing that success, learning from mistakes for those who launched for the first time, perhaps where it wasn't right for them. But in the main, if the desire's there and the hunger's there, it's just key uh, for that individual to sort of make sure that they're entering into the, you know, the right business partnership that will give them, you know, that 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 infrastructure to to, to be a success from the outset. Ultimately, there are a number of individuals out there, you know, hundreds as I can see that you know we talk to on a regular basis that harbour the idea of an entrepreneurial desire to establish, run, and grow their own business, and ultimately freeing themselves from the restrictions of employment. And enabling them to build a business with the uh, the capital value for themselves and, and their families. Mm. But again, the reality is, it's just you know making sure you're in touch with the right people to help you explore those opportunities moving forward. I'm, I'm sensing that you guys have definitely worked together then uh, in the past. And in that, um, perhaps John, you can tell us a little bit more details about someone like Sam at the start of their journey and setting up on their own. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it goes without saying that, you know, the desire's there, the hunger's there, the exploration's been done, that this is the right thing for the individual. Uh, but obviously doing it on your own is, you know, clearly a challenge. You know, there are a number of options out there in the marketplace. You know, business planning is absolutely key. You know, and I think it's fundamental to say, you know, if if you've got a very strong network and you've got relationships, that you believe that you could continue to connect with moving forward. That's the starting point. It's that sort of client acquisition strategy. You know, have you one, got the capability, but two, do you have the network to enable you to build and grow something successfully? Mm. But, you know, with, 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 with quilted financial planning, it is giving you that sort of business consultancy support at outset, getting the business plan in place, getting the client acquisition strategies in place. But actually, you know, more than that, sort of keeping you safe, keeping your clients safe moving forward in that sort of establishment of the business by surrounding yourself with, you know, business consultancy expertise, marketing expertise from websites through to, you know, the client acquisition strategies, client service charter, uh, and actually what's your initial approach in those early months? Yeah. Yeah. Sam, can I ask about, about Amplify Wealth, about your company specifically? How long have you been, how long has it been running? And how old, may I ask, were you when you set it up? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Amplify has been running now. Um, I think we registered the business back in uh, June 2021. Um, we we're authorised by the regulator in the latter part of the year. And then I'd say we've sort of been really in the swing of uh, 
trading and being established probably since the the start of the year, but it's been going very well yeah. to date. You launched at the beginning of the pandemic, really. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I you know, you're not really the first person to raise that. Uh, friends and family saying, "Oh, you're starting a business in the midst of a pandemic." You know, are you crazy? And uh, and do you also, I never really gave it a lot of um, consideration. I, I I actually think that you know, with with the financial services industry, it was more about um, adapting, you know, the way, you know, processes and engaging with clients and things rather than it was that, you know, the business had dried up. It was just, it was the same, but slightly different. Yeah. And I mean, arguably, more people are going to need financial advice in the middle of a, a, a global downturn, global crisis as well, be it health or the, the economy and the like anyway. So perhaps it was a, a genius moment. I suppose my point is, is there ever a good time or a bad time from your perspective to start your own business? Well, I can only really reflect on my own um, experience. I mean, I think I did it at a pretty sort of fortuitous time of life. I did it at a time before I was before I married and potentially not not as important, but you know, before having children. So, you know, just being frank, I had relatively low running costs. And so, you know, somebody's listening to this can be thinking, well, you know, I'm going from giving up my sort of stable salary to um, you know, to being self-employed. Um, you know, I'd probably I'd probably caution us about how we use the word entrepreneur because I think, you know, th- there's a tendency to make this sound scarier than it actually is in reality you know and i think that job security in a corporate is a little bit of a fallacy because ultimately you know if you're in a if you're in a profit making function if 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 you don't sell in that function then um you know you're probably not going to be around too long and so it's you know it's the the exact same requirements to be uh, self-employed but um you know because of the fact that you're retaining your income you you don't have to meet you know probably as higher targets as you've got uh, within the institution with all the flexibility that, that comes with it. Yeah. John, in your experience, is there a type? Is there a, a certain type of person or a, an age of person or a demographic of that person who sets up their own business successfully? There's no specific type or demographic or age. I, for me, and having done this for, for, like I said, 20 circa years, you know, the ones that have been successful are the ones that always within themselves have the desire to take control of their own destiny. Mm-hmm. I, I think it has to be within you to, 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 to have that desire, that want, that need to, to come away from a corporate environment, to take control of your own destiny and, and become, as Sam does rightly say, an entrepreneur. Um, but an entrepreneur versus, you know, partnering yourself with the right business partner, called Financial Planning and FTSE 250 Business, you know, we'll, we, what we're saying is we'll provide you with a consultancy and the guidance, but you are in complete control of your business. Yeah. You are in complete control of your destiny. But I think in terms of what does good look like in terms of this individual, I will say, and have done over many years, and will continue to say, there's 50%, you're 50% of the way forward with this, if that's your desire. The rest of it is about, again, finding the right business partner, having the right plan, having the right client acquisition strategy, and 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 support and guidance moving forwards. Um, I would say when I talk to employees on a regular basis, there's probably two in ten that have that desire to come away from an employed background to take control of their own destiny, to look after their clients the way they want to look after their clients, and and build something today and the future moving forward. 
Yeah. Do you, so would you say that you you have to really be a self-starter, but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily someone who can only work by themselves. You might also, you might be much better working in a team environment. And so, it, it, you know, there, there are different types, but you you absolutely need to have that ambition and drive to, to kick things off by yourself. 100%. What I would say yeah. is, like Amplify, so Sam and two other co-directors, you know, did it as a as a team. And, and that's quite often, um, you know, that, 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 that quite often comes across my table where, you know, it's, well, it's me, but actually if I brought two or three others with me, would that work? Of course it would. Of course it would. Um, I would say be very mindful, though, that when you're making that decision, clearly as Sam did with his uh, co-directors, that, you know, it, you are here for the medium to long term, that this isn't just a, oh, let's come away from the corporate world and let's set up a business together. Because at the end of the day, you've never run a business together. You've been employees in a, in a business previously. And, and launching a business together will come with many, many challenges. And unfortunately, a bit of sort of best practice sharing here is that, you know, I've seen some of these businesses kind of uh, not crash and burn as such, but, you know, see them kind of, you know, the co-directors or the directors falling out with each other because, you know, Sam and one others smashing the numbers, smashing the lights out, doing very well, and the other one's sort of trailing behind. And that becomes a bit of a, a challenge and an issue moving forward. So it's ensuring that if you want to build a business together, ensure that you're all compatible with each other you're all on the same page in terms of the plan the strategy and there'll be no fallout moving forward yeah so sam then tell us a bit about your your experience then about working with co-directors and, and and the benefits overall of of having launched on your own yeah i mean so it's not easy all the time you know is 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 the reality of it you know you're running a business sometimes you disagree about you know the direction of the business or, or different decisions that you've gone to make but i think you know, the most important factor for longevity in that business is having a shared vision about what you're trying to do. And so, you know, if there ever are, you know, disagreements about path or, or whatever, it, whatever it is, um, that you don't lose focus about the overriding objective. You know, we, were, we were very clear at Amplify about, about what we wanted to do and, um, you know, the kind of business that we wanted to build, um, you know, it, it, to, to, like I say, taking our Kind of media entertainment franchise, um, but but making not a not a complete uh, change of direction from what we were doing before, but um, but certainly suddenly improving it, you know, providing better service, um, you know, much more choice to clients, um, and having that freedom and autonomy to take on uh, who we wanted and at any level. Is it scary? Not really. I never really. Um, to be honest with you, I never really had the the sort of fear about um leaving it just it just for me seemed and i'm quite a risk-focused individual if i'm completely honest we used to talk in other old shop about sort of the cat and cheese and you know, people are either people are either focused on the reward or worried about the cat is coming to eat you and um <laughs> and um i hmm. i'm very much a risk-focused individual so you probably expect me to um have had those kind of anxieties and things about leaving but for me it just seemed like such an objectively better way of doing things um it made total sense i was absolutely confident um that we would be successful and and you know today they've been uh have been proved right but i suppose you know for someone who's listening to this you, you won't you won't get there you know immediately you know it's about engagement it's about you know finding out about sort of the proposition how you can work with a business partner like um you know qfp and you know i'd probably encourage you Sorry, John, but I'd encourage you to, you know, look, look to the market, you know, and talk to lots of people. So, 
you know, you're you're absolutely clear about the different kind of models that are out there and, and what's right um, for you. I thought, you know, proposition at, at QFP was was fantastic, and this is why we've, you know, why we've partnered um, with them. But uh, yeah, and so you, like I say, you don't get there overnight, but through a series of meetings and 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 unpicking not only proposition and the different models, but how you get there, what the process is, thinking about business planning, client acquisition. The things that John's mentioned, um, you know, it takes what is a yeah probably quite a significant decision, um, but you break it down into a lot of different um, small steps, and then but but then ultimately you've got to make your decision. You know, do you pull mm. the trigger or not? And um, you know, that's that's a question about what you want out of the you know long term from your career. And I mean, for me, you know, the autonomy of uh, you know the, the autonomy, the freedom that you get, the all the benefits of kind of being your own boss but I, I really don't mean that from the perspective of sort of you know sitting on the beach drinking cocktails I'm I mean you know in terms of the day-to-day of building the business that you want how you want to do it you know that's that freedom is absolutely fantastic and um I don't think I'll ever go back into an employed background for the rest of my life and I'm only 30 so um yeah, yeah <laughs> I hope well, I'm not proved wrong yeah you can I, save I, all the cocktails for, uh, for, for post uh, post engagement perhaps you save the cocktails on the beach for, <laughs> for for that and again i hope she's not listening to this but john i mean obviously sam's just given yeah, quilt of financial planning a really good plug there but whilst also saying like it's worth looking out at the competitors as well and seeing what's out there but you, you've already mentioned a little bit about the unique offering of quilter but maybe you can just sort of highlight that again for us at the, towards the end of this conversation now um what exactly is it that that quilter can do to maybe take away that fear factor that a lot, of, a lot of people will experience and will have when looking at starting their own their own venture? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and Sam was spot on. If, if you're an individual uh, with that desire to, to take control, why wouldn't you be looking at, you know, what our, you know, our competitors? This is a case of go out there, look at the marketplace, the external marketplace alongside us, I think it's important, as I said right at the beginning of my uh, bit around, you know, building a business for the first time is daunting. There's a bit of inertia out there. Uh, I think people will be sat there as employees thinking to themselves, well, hang on a minute, you know, I like the idea of doing this, but I've got a six to 12 month restrictive covenant in my current contract uh, as an employee. So clearly we would reinforce and endorse that nobody looks to breach any restrictive covenant or data protection for that matter. So thus they may not be have any access to clients for a mm. period of time. And I think ultimately, you know, being part of a FTSE 250 business, aligning your business with a FTSE 250 will tell you that, you know, this is a great business partner that, that you know, can only be you a know, part of the, how it grows its business is, is through recruitment and establishment of new business owners moving forward. Yeah, so, so important, especially as, of course, we're all staring down a potential recession and cost of living crisis and the like to know that there is that support out there for people who are, are going to be making this very brave but very exciting kind of leap into uh, being a, your own your own boss, um, as it were. Sam and John, thank you both so, so much. It's been hugely insightful, really, really interesting um, and really fun. And I hope not too much of a giveaway, Sam, with um, your future fiancé. I've never really heard of anyone... Um, ever pre-announcing their engagement or their proposal on a podcast. I'm delighted you've shared it with us. Thank you very much indeed.
Thank you all for joining us today for Beyond the Balance Sheet. It's brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning. You can find us at www.quilter.com or our advisor school is at www.careers.quilter.com. Also, please do subscribe to this podcast through your preferred platform. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones and thank you so much for joining our conversation.